It's time for Tools Day, the only Tools Day. You show me new tools and tips for days. You'll never know, though, where I listen to you. For now, let's start the show today. <laughs> I can just see Harry and Chris cringing at the song. <laughs> Welcome wow. to Tools Day, a brand new uh, it's not new anymore. It's our podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we have a special guest. He is a consultant and front-end architect, Harry Roberts, aka CSS Wizardry, as he is known online. Say hi. Hey, how are you two? We're that good. Totally messing up that intro today. Yeah, no. good, good, Saw good. your face. That's because, uh, that's impressive. It's eight a.m. for you, right? Yes, it is eight a.m. for us. Belting that out at, um, first thing in the morning. Good work. What time is it for you? Two p.m. Okay, that's like a solid normal human time. Eight a.m. is a right. Yeah. Tools day at two. All right. Tools day at two. Exactly. So we're recording wow, at wow. two. Perfect. <laughs> All part of the plan. Perfect. <laughs> Um, all right, so me and Harry kind of go way back, conferences together, and so we're always sharing like travel tips and little tips here and there, and I thought it'd be really great to have him on the show to talk about something different, not tech tools specifically, but travel tools, because a lot of us travel for either conferences or work or just day-to-day -day life, and he had a lot of fun little facts that I thought would be great to share with you all. I do love yeah, yeah. Harry Roberts on, and we're not talking about CSS, we're talking about travel tips. Being <laughs> Harry, when we talk about CSS, we kind of get into it a little bit, so we're going to avoid that topic. Yeah, let's, get, let's keep this uh, PG-13. Let's keep this... Uh... Yeah, we won't extend the conversation. <laughs> uh, we could maybe pin some CSS later on. Fine. We're, it, it's really fine. So like one of my favorite things actually is I wrote this whole blog post about using extends, which is one of the things that Harry's like, don't, don't do this. And I was like hanging out with Harry at a bar, like drinking. And then somebody comments on my blog post, like, I disagree with this. Look at what this person says. He just comments like Harry's blog, like <laughs> while we're sitting there. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, people you know, take this stuff way too seriously. Yeah, no, they're out, they're out, they're out there fighting the good fight for me. That was funny. That was in and London, me. wasn't it? <laughs> that was good. That was good fun. I, I, I think I used around Harry's, your hometown. -ish. I think I used Harry's article. He's not from to, London. He's from Leeds. Oh, from Leeds. <laughs> I used Harry's art, uh, article to justify okay. us stripping out extends from the library. Yeah. There we go. There it is. Uh, only those. <laughs> Right. We're getting derailed already. This is already. <laughs> Reel myself back, back in because I can just go on about this. <laughs> Let's talk about travel tools. Yeah. So. No, it's an interesting one. Travel is going to be an interesting one because, like you say, you and me go a long way back, but we only ever get to hang out in a different country, right? So we've hung out uh, seven, maybe eight times, but it's always while we're away speaking at something. So it's like, we're conference buddies, right? Conference we have conferences. Like you're like my conference brother. I feel like I see there we go. that's what it is. <laughs> conference bro. Yeah, we've seen we've been to three different continents together. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, what are your favorite travel tools? Um. Oh wow. 
I've got quite a few different tools that I use for traveling. Um, there are some that are really are just kind of like tools, like portable chargers, certain bags and that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to talk about. Chargers. Right. So I, you know, you, you get given like chargers at conferences that have got like the conference logo on it and they can hold like maybe 12 minutes of charge. I picked up this charger. I've actually got it in my bag right next to me. Um, picked up this charger in Heathrow Airport a few years ago and it's absolutely, it's enormous. It's like the size of a house brick. I guess you've got show notes, right? We can put a link to this in the show notes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What is it called? But it's uh, it's the, let's have a look. What's the TechLink Recharge. And it's it's really heavy, right? So it's not that great if you're trying to travel really light. But it will recharge an iPhone about six times. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Because um, there's nothing worse than frantically searching around an airport, trying to find power outlets. Yeah. Especially when you've got your... When your boarding pass is an electronic boarding pass and your phone dies, it's like, right, well, I guess I just live in the airport now. Also, those long international flights that don't have outlets. Yeah, right. Because you need to know where you're going when you land. So twice this has happened to me. Um, When I travel long, long haul, I try and go uh, premium economy uh, because I'm I'm like six foot four. I'm quite tall. Also because I need the power outlets because I'll be either doing email or whatever twice on long haul flights. Um, so once to New Zealand, which was 39 hours in total. 39? Re- 39? 39. Yeah, well, because I've got it from the north of England to the south of England, to Los Angeles, to Auckland, to Wellington. So door to door, it was 39 hours of travel. And uh, the whole the whole journey, the power outlet on the seat was actually broken. Like, it just didn't work. Um, and yeah, the, this, this like portable charger kept my phone going. But then I said to the air hostess, I was like, oh, um, could you please, like, the power outlet's not working on the chair. Could you please plug my laptop into one that is working? And my laptop was on, like, 41% battery. And she took it away. And she came back three hours later with it. And she said, oh, it's on it's on 36% now. And I was like, yeah, it's on 41 when I gave you it. And she looked at me really, really embarrassed and really guilty. And she just said, yeah, I forgot to plug it in. Um, oh. So, yeah, portable chargers is a lifesaver. So that's, like, a specific, that's, like, a tool tool. That's, like, a, a little yeah. tool. Um, okay, so more tools. When I think of like uh, actual physical tools, I also think of um, converters, like yes. plug converters. Oh. I totally forgot what they're called. Yeah, like the travel adapters. Yeah, Travel adapters, yes. Those are super important to have. I always forget mine. Now I have a collection of like, I have a solid four travel adapters. Yeah, so here's, here's a cool thing. If anyone's listening to this and you are a conference organizer, one of the most useful like speaker goodie bag things I ever got was an adapter for that country. So um, it yes. was at CSS Conf EU uh, in Berlin. And uh, in, in the speakers, like, you know, thank you pack, there was um, a European travel adapter, which was really useful because I'd actually forgotten mine. But then there's a thing I realized the other day, right? I recently bought one of the new MacBooks with the USB-C only by port. So I had to go and buy an adapter, which would take it from USB-C to USB VGA and another USB-C thing. It's 65 pounds, right? That's going to be like, what, $100? 65 pounds. Yeah, wow. wow. that's about $100. And I was like, that's eye-watering. Well, that's so expensive. But the exact same Apple store on the 
shelf right next to it, I managed to pick up the official Apple travel adapter kit, which does all of Australasia, it does Asia, it does South America, North America, and Europe, and the UK for £25. So I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Apple is actually just a an adapter's company in disguise. <laughs> £65 for a USB-C adapter. Um, so yeah, that gets me sorted for most of my Apple gear, but then I'm really disorganized. So of my wardrobe, I've got about 12 European adapters, six US ones. I just have to keep buying them every time I travel because I usually forget something. I actually just started organizing a little travel bag. Um, and what I put in there is all my electronics, all my adapters for whatever trip I'm doing. I put all my leftover like money, like euros or whatever currency from that place. So I always check that bag now before I leave. And I have yeah. all my like cables. I have some extra batteries in there. So it's good to have like a little collection of, okay, if I'm going on a trip, always check this bag first. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good idea. I, on, so another tool I've got is, <laughs> I'm a huge fanboy, but there's um, a bag called the Manal carry-on bag. And um, I was speaking at a conference in New Zealand and I was sat kind of on this patch of grass next to this guy and I asked him what he did. And he was like, oh, I, uh, I own a company that makes travel bags. And um, so I checked them out and they're amazing. They're, they're not cheap, but these bags are amazing. It comes with everything you could ever need for a person who travels. And the bag is the exact same size as every single airline's maximum allowance for carry-on luggage. So it optimizes the last, every little last square inch of space. Uh, but it comes with this, this little removable pouch, which is like a, like a sort of firm, not, not like a hard shell, but like a relatively firm shell with Velcro inserts. So you can literally make different grids of pockets for putting in adapters, oh. chargers... You can, you can make one that will just snugly fit your little clicker. And you just arrange these little grids of however you want them, fill it with all your tech charges and stuff. And that you've just got a yeah. pouch full of like, adapters. It's really cool. There's this thing in the US called Gridit. Like, it's like called the Gridit system. And this company called Cocoon makes bags that have like those straps. And I've taken mm -hmm. them to a few conferences. They're super convenient because you open your bag and nothing falls out. You can just like open yeah. it all the way. Um, I love my bag. So my bag actually broke within a year of me having it. Just it fell apart. And I emailed them about it and they just sent me a new one. So like pretty Absolutely. good customer service. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess if you're gonna be hammering it a lot, using it a lot, they uh, they need to be really sturdy, I guess. Yeah. Cocoon bag. I added that also to the list. I have Manal carry on bag, the cocoon bag for all of your grid needs. I'm looking at this Manal yeah, carry on. The Manal bag. bag. It's, it's like a backpack but big enough to be your carry-on? Is that, is that the concept? Yeah, yeah, so you can, oh, it's incredible, right? So the back of it, you carry it normally like a, just a, a briefcase style suitcase, but one of the big panels on the back unzips and reveals some shoulder straps. So you can then use it as, you can carry it like a backpack, which is a little more convenient. Uh, and it's got all these different bits to adjust it so it's just comfortable enough. So it's huge, it can end up weighing quite a lot, but you can wear it comfortably as a rucksack. But um, because of just how big it is, as in it looks quite big for a rucksack. So a lot of TSA and security agents will be like, hey, this should have been checked in. This is way too big. If you pull back a bit of the shoulder strap, it's got in metric and imperial. It's got all the dimensions of the bag printed on it. So if anyone at the airport starts giving you trouble, you can be like, hey, no, read it in week, buddy. That's how big it is. It's big. Is it small enough for Ryanair? It's it's. Perfect for every single airline. It's really, really good. Even Ryanair. 
keeping Ryan here. You lucky, lucky man. Please never do it. I, I flew, flew Ryan a few Air. times. So I, I flew um, a conference um, that I was speaking at last year. They, they flew business class, which is incredible because I never fly business class. Uh, they flew me business class to and from, on a, uh, from Italy back to England. But the only flight available was a Ryanair flight. Really interested to see what Ryanair business class would look like. Uh, for anybody who isn't aware, Ryanair is like a really, really budget airline. Uh, it's so budget, in fact, that um, the CEO or the owner of Ryanair has openly mocked the customers for just being on such a budget airline. It's really not a nice experience. But the only flight I could get was a Ryanair <laughs> flight. And um, yeah, I was flown business class and I was thinking, wow, I wonder what Ryanair business class looks like. And basically all, all that meant was uh, you get to get on the nasty, smelly old plane before everyone else. You don't get any other seats. You don't get like more leg room. You just spend more time on the airplane than anyone else has to. Uh, that was quite uh, that was quite funny. You get to board first. Exactly. You get to board first and then sit with and everything. Every surface has got an advert on it, right? So the headrest in front is selling you like candy or more shitty flights. It's just a, it's, it's a really that's how you know experience. that you're in a really classy place when everything is trying to sell things to you. Like one time I stayed at this hotel that the key card was actually an advertisement for Papa John's. Papa John's. And that's how I knew. Delicious. My favorite pizza. Okay, so I wanted to talk about software because we might be running out of time. Like apps, things like that they use when you travel to plan travel. Um, There's a lot. Like I couldn't travel without apps. Um, So I've got two things that I lean on that are kind of either apps or kind of like soft tools. Um, The first one... um, that I think I got you onto, Yuna, uh, TripIt Pro. Oh, so yeah. TripIt, I could not, I could not live without TripIt. It's far from the best looking app, but it's so it's so functional. So um, it's it's auto magical in the functionality. Yeah, yeah. So I've just booked about, I don't know, I think it's like four flights and three hotels this morning because I've got a lot of client work coming up and um, juggling that stuff is normally an absolute nightmare because you've got google calendar stuff all over the place and you've got to check yeah, cross-reference this with this um but yeah for anyone who's not heard of TripIt, basically anytime you get an email confirmation from a restaurant a hotel an airline anything like that a train company you just forward that email to just plans at tripit.com and it will like you know you say automatically import all the information and say right well if you want this terminal at this time, you're probably going to make your connections, so don't worry about that. Uh, lounges in this airport can be found here, here, and here. Uh, here's your confirmation number. Here's your seat number. And it's all in the app, and you get push notifications. So I don't know if, you, if you've had this, but when you're sat in the airport and the gate gets announced, you're sat there waiting and waiting and waiting for your gate to be announced. Often TripIt gets the information before the airline screens do. So I've had it a few times where I've been sat with these people, everyone looking at the screen. TripIt pops up saying, right, you're gate D9. So I'll walk to gate D9, and three minutes later, the screen will say D9. So you get like a nice head start. So yeah, TripIt is one of my favorite tools. Yeah. I also don't even have to send the thing to like trips at TripIt. I just have it read my email, and oh, it automatically... Um, 
See, I haven't done that yet because uh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit weird like that. But yeah, you can have yeah, it automatically. I'm cool with it. Things. I got nothing to hide. And another incredible, it's not an app so much as a service, but a priority pass is an absolute lifesaver. So a, a priority pass is like, you know, when you're in an airport and you see all these fancy lounges that people are going to, and it's either because they're flying business class or first class, or they've got some kind of gold status with an airline. Uh, priority pass, basically you spend, I think the most expensive version of it is only £259 a year. And you can rock up to 900 lounges worldwide and just show them this little card, this little priority pass card, and they'll just let you in. So it kind of makes you feel a bit of a badass. You just rock up to a lounge and just flash this little... So is it unlimited lounges? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's if there is like a first-class lounge at Heathrow, it wouldn't get you into that. But if it's if they've got a lounge that you normally pay $50 to get into, you just go up and you flash this card at them. Uh, you can go to lounges all over the world. I think there are like there are over 900 lounges you can use worldwide. And it gets you complete access to, you know, like Wi-Fi, food, drink... Um, showers, so if you've got a super long haul flight, getting a shower halfway, like during a connection, amazing. Um, the lounge in Belgium's, uh, in, in Brussels airport has got Belgian beer on tap. So I just walked it with this little card, nice. got in and then just, you can just help yourself to Belgian beers. So yeah, priority pass. I reckon if you take more than six flights a year, priority pass would be definitely worth buying. Because it just means you can take your time everywhere and you don't have to worry about finding some nasty airport food. You can just go and sit in a lounge, get on the Wi-Fi. That's good. Yeah, I've got to say, I still have never gone to an airport lounge. Neither have I. I was like, really? oh, I have been into a lounge. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Oh, wow. When you yeah, said... that's, that's bizarre. Yeah, no, get, get on the lounge I, thing. I don't even know where they are. It like, seems like a nice thing. Uh, is it as common in the U.S.? Is it more common in Europe than in the U.S.? I feel like in the U.S. we don't have... No, it's definitely common in the U.S. as is well. Okay. I mean, U.S. airports will have like three, four lounges each. Yeah, I'm actually looking yeah I've at stayed this. in lounges in... Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at this map of, of and, and PriorityPass.com, and like the European map is like literally the dots. In the U.S., I guess, I guess not in the in the Midwest is just not as common, but on the on the coasts it is. Hmm. Yeah, maybe in the larger airports. Maybe Priority Pass specifically just yeah. isn't in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, it's all priced in pounds, so I think it's a British company. But um, oh, honestly, it's incredible. It makes traveling so much easier. Uh, just knowing you've got somewhere you can get some quiet. Because most of my admin and email happens when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. So having like a quiet lounge to do that, whether on million and one people just wandering around it's it's really nice or get some good uh noise canceling headphones yes they're they're a must um so when you said priority pass it reminded me of a thing that i have for americans um and that is global entry oh, so, oh my god I want that. so nice it's so good it is like tsa pre-check plus you don't have to wait in the customs line when you come back to the states mm-hmm. um it, it's like they just treat you like they did before 9-11. It's really nice. Yeah, they treat you like a human. Uh, it's really nice. If you're going to do TSA pre-check, I say just go for the global entry because it's like $35 more. It lasts for five years, um, and it's definitely worth it, especially if you do international travel. Yeah, I really wish the UK had something like that. Um, in fact, what we do have is we've got something similar. So I looked into it after I learned about global entry, and I, I basically Googled 
Global Entry England, and it doesn't exist. But what we do have is priority lanes for Australians, New Zealanders, and Americans. So we can provide Americans with country to our country, but not ourselves, it seems, which is quite annoying. <laughs> That's really funny. England used to have this gigantic visa program. If you used to be a, an English colony, more or less, uh, you didn't need a visa to go through England. Um, and so my parents are from India, and so they used to be, this used to apply to them as well. But what happened for us once is that we went through England to get to India, and that policy was still in place. And while we were, we were in India, that policy was removed. And so uh, when we tried to fly back to England, we couldn't go because now they needed a visa. Although to get an English visa, it takes like a week versus uh, yeah. a US visa. Hmm. Uh, but that was just kind of a, a trippy thing. Well, that reminds me, I have to go on my visa game for something. <laughs> Typical right, cool. British scumbags. Like imagine that we, we decide to claim a country for our own. We're like, yep, India seems nice. We'll have that. And then all of a sudden, we just decide that, yeah, you can't pass through England anymore. <laughs> We're going to close our doors to you. I was just mind blown. That, that sounds typical English. Like, Scumbags. I apologize on no, behalf of the we British government. XMX, so heart, heart, heart. Um, <laughs> so there's one story that I remember you were telling me that I thought was really interesting about uh, tips for selecting your seat. Oh, are you talking about row 13? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think this is mainly a European thing. So if you're, if you're listening and you're booking any flights uh, in and around Europe, always avoid getting a ticket for any seat on the row 13. Uh, and that's because some airlines don't actually have a row 13 for superstitious reasons or whatever. Uh, so they just they go 11 12 14 15 but they will sometimes still sell you a ticket for row 13 right so i was flying to i think like germany or belgium or somewhere and um i was sat in row like i don't know 17 or something and uh it was a really full flight completely packed out and there's this young girl about 15 looking really panicked uh, she just looked a bit lost and a bit scared and she was walking up and down the rows and she clearly couldn't find her seat. And I overheard her conversation with the, the airline staff and basically she'd been sold a ticket for seat 13B or whatever. And the airline staff were just like, ooh, yeah, we're really sorry, but this plane doesn't have a row 13. It goes straight from 12 to 14. And because it was a full flight, the girls had to get off and wait for the next one. I felt really, really sorry for her. Checked her in everything, like she went through. I, yeah, somehow she actually managed to get onto the aircraft before this problem had got noticed. Um, and she had to be sent back and wait for the next flight. Uh, so if you're ever booking a flight going through um, and you get to choose where you sit, even if you don't care what seats you get, if you get automatically allocated a, row, a seat on row 13, just try and change it to any other number. That is uh, oh, which actually brings me on to another tool. Um, good pro tip. Seatguru.com. Oh, Seatguru, so you can actually put in your flight. Yeah, yeah. So you could check if there is a row 13 on the actual flight. Um, but yeah, yeah. If you're traveling in Europe and they give you a seat on row 13, try and change it because uh, you might end up stranded in the airport. How crazy is that? Like for some stupid superstitious reason. It's just... crazy story. Yeah. Uh, that poor girl as well. She was she was really stressed out about it. Yeah. Okay, so we are kind of coming to a close on our show. Our time is running out. Do you have any more tips or tricks or advice 
Um, yeah, buy all your water in the airport before you get on the plane. Uh, I think the one biggest thing that helps me travel is just drinking all the water I can get my hands on. Because they're really stingy with it on the airplane. You ask for some water, they're never going to give you a bottle. They'll give you like a thimble bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just pointless. Um, I don't really have many pro tips for travel. It's not fun. Being in new places is fun, but traveling is awful. Airports are lonely, boring places. Um, I feel like if you go into the experience with a task in mind, like I'm going to go through this tutorial on this flight, then it's a little less bad because you feel productive. So I like to have a travel plan. Yeah, yeah. I so on any flight of kind of reasonable length, I just save all my email offline and I just plow through email. Um, That's oh, a good one. Have lots of backups, right? So um, again, on the flight back from Argentina, in fact, on the flight to Argentina, I got this magical business class upgrade, which was amazing because that doesn't literally never happen to me. I actually before. got an upgrade too. It was it wasn't business class, but it was like economy plus. So yeah. I was like. I- Room. I said with all the Pretty tall sweet. boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on the way on the way to Argentina, I got this like surprise. And the funniest thing was, because it was a British woman in Heathrow, like at the gate, she was like, oh, she tried to scan my boarding card and it, it flashed red. And I was like, oh no, what, what's happened? Why can't I get on the flight? She was apologetic. She was like, I'm, I'm very sorry, sir, but um, it appears you've been upgraded to business class. And I was like, <laughs> don't apologize. That's fucking awesome. That's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Please don't apologize. <laughs> so on the way there, I could just plug my laptop in, keep it charged up. Uh, I could watch stuff on like iTunes. I could watch, like, uh, listen to stuff. I could work. On the way back, I was just in premium economy. And the only power outlets they had were some weird proprietary ones that work with, I don't know, like a Game Boy. I don't know what they were for. They were useless. <laughs> um, so always have lots of redundancy. So I couldn't use my laptop for a lot of that flight because it ran out of battery. Then I had my iPad to fall back on, then my phone to fall back, back on from that. And then I found these weird things they've started selling. They're like ebooks, but like printed paper. They don't need any kind of batteries. Like a real book? Yeah, yeah exactly. A real book. They don't need any battery. <laughs> uh, so I always, I always take um, like a, an actual printed book as my super last resort backup in case everything dies. So yeah, redundancy. I personally am a big Kindle person. Uh, so. For me, my travel travel tool is Kindle or travel hardware is, is a Kindle. I'm a Kindle Oasis now, uh, which yeah, is actually yeah. horribly useless compared to Kindle Paperwhite. Well, it's, it's, there's no difference between a Paperwhite and an Oasis, uh, but uh, love it. Give me my ebooks, please. Yeah, battery life on that thing is solid. Yeah, it's they're like amazing. Three months long. Plus, they're so All much right. nicer to read on than uh, an iPad or a phone. Yeah. Yeah, and you can store so much on them. And they're light. They're lighter than a single paper back book. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so just to summarize a little bit. um, Basically, have a lot of redundancy. Have a little bag that you check before your travels. Um, Things that Harry recommended was this TechLink recharge battery. Um, then we talked about carry-on bags. So the Menol carry-on and the Cocoon bags both have this like grid, which is awesome for your stuff. Some apps to check out, TripIt, like essential. Essential, oh, mandatory. There's a free version too. Like um, Even the free version is really good. Yeah, I, it's so necessary. And also it tracks how far you've traveled. So you can kind of look at the end of the year and get some stats on that. That's it's kind cool. of fun. 
already passed the school if you want to check out some lounges probably a little better in europe than the us but check out their uh, coverage and then seekguru.com if you're unsure about your seat status <laughs> yeah avoid 13 <laughs> what a terrible idea avoid 13 who on earth um, awesome. it's sensible to just miss out an entire row on a plane that's nuts i could see how it would happen though different people selling tickets you know it's not directly from the airline always yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it together, world. Uh, it still annoys me that it's a superstition thing. It's like, come on, we're past that now. We don't yeah. burn witches anymore. We're not scared of the number 13. A lot of um, Hotels like tall it. buildings won't have a floor 13 either. Yeah. Skyscrapers will just go from 12 to 14. Yeah, I've heard that. So, I register a fake dodgy business at floor 13 somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you should never get found. You should. I mean, not that I'm promoting any of this on air. But... <laughs> Um, so it was awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Stories, travel tips. If you're planning a trip in the fall, there's lots of conferences coming up. Um, yeah. Hit us up with your travel tips on our Twitter, which is at Toolsday, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. Rate us on iTunes. If you, if and only if you enjoy the show. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Rate us on iTunes, emails, all that fun stuff. Um, and we'll see you next week.